apologize. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is paying 101. The instructor's Casey Jones. Movies, comic books, movies based on comic books. Excelsior! Video games, toys, TV shows. Professional wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> All the things you got made fun of for in high school. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? So grab your action figures, bag and board your comics, and roll for initiative. It's time to talk nerdy to me. Hello there. It's your favorite host in all of podcasting, Obi-John Kenobi, with an all-new episode of Talk Nerdy 2, Electric Blue. Joining me this week, my stalwart right-hand man, the the uh, Sancho, to my Don Quixote, Quixote, uh, <laughs> the man who keeps the nerd in Talk Nerdy to me. Say hello, Commander Scott. Hello, and I'm completely fine with being compared to uh, to Sancho Panza because he was played by the the immutable Bob Hoskins at one point, and I love Bob Hoskins. Next week, I'm going to introduce you as a shmi to my Captain Hook in honor of Bob once, Hoskins. Once again, Bob Hoskins again. <laughs> yep. I'm good with it. <laughs> that was not an accident. <laughs> the Mario Mario to my Luigi Mario. <laughs> Uh, that hurt me to make that reference. Uh, <laughs> and joining us, uh, fresh out of his newly minted de- retro DeLorean, uh, all the way from time undisclosed, it's the Doc. Hey, what's up, guys? See, if uh, you're going to go with the hey, what's up, you got to finish it with Doc, because it's your name, it's the Bugs Bunny reference. So Okay, okay, okay. Let's, take two. Yeah, let's, let's <clears throat> do that again. <laughs> The King Koopa to our Mario, because I'm on a roll today. <laughs> the Doc. I taught I taught putty tab. Wow. <laughs> you just completely went the other went direction. Whole <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for keeping the get woke, go financially bankrupt joke going, though. Because that's what that is. Uh, this <laughs> our powers combined we are top 32 electric boogaloo uh, and before we get the show proper running i do believe we still have a contest going commander scott oh uh actually i hang on oh, one I'm second uh, yeah. and this is us yeah. stalling for time yes, because yes. commander scott was not ready <laughs> jay how is life in iowa treating you not bad um I have to start doing driver's ed soon. So they're making tape driver's ed again. That's what I heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I crashed the DeLorean and uh, there is a bad leak with the flux capacitor. A uh, lot of, a lot of things happened. Sounds uh, like, I believe I sent a police officer back in time. Um, is that so, who was on the grassy knoll? Yeah. Okay, so I'm back. Sorry. Okay, so (laughs) take two (laughs) the theme tonight. I do believe we still have a contest that is yet to be claimed. Commander Scott, tell us about that. We do. 
because uh, our esteemed colleague Julian, who is the resident expert in all things uh, uh, guns, titties, and beer, uh, loves to play with a weapon in the background while he is recording the show. And by weapon, I do not mean his penis. In this uh, instant, we don't mean his penis. Yes, uh, nor is it my penis, much to my chagrin. That's a different story. <laughs> um, so, in his absence and in honor of him, uh, I have been playing with my various weapons. Once again, not my penis. Um, Say so. And uh, if you can guess what weapon I am playing with in the background during tonight's show, then uh, Obi John has a nice prize for you. We have a so, code that will get you a 30 day free subscription to Shudder, the best horror subscription service you can hope for, home of Uncle Joe Bob Briggs. So, without further ado, let me make sure that this is Sans live ammo right now. <laughs> Important safety tip. Yep. And it looks to be clear. So, that's what I've got going on. Yeah. So throughout the show, listen for that noise. And if you can tell us with any reason of uh, accuracy, uh, we'll give you that code. Because it's definitely a code that we have and not just one you can Google. It is definitely uh, through a, a partnership with Shudder that we don't still have. But I'm still shilling for Shudder. So Shudder, if you're listening, uh, we would love to be sponsored. We work really cheap. Just let me say I'm sponsored by you. It's pretty much all I'm saying. It's just uh, maybe send us some letterhead or something. Uh, we work cheap. But enough. Uh, enough plugs. Uh, enough no plugging for La Bamba for you longtime listeners. Let's get into today's actual topics. Uh, the first one, and I say this every time, and it always jinx it, but I'm going to say it again. The first topic, because I don't think it'll take us that long to cover. <laughs> We're going to give a couple quick updates. Um, so we've been doing the state of insert franchise here for a few weeks uh, or a few months now. Um, I think it's working out pretty well and we will continue that trend. But we have talked about the state of Star Trek and the state of Star Wars. It's some time on since we've done those episodes and we've had some significant happenings in those franchises. So we're briefly going to muse on uh, what is currently going on with Trek and Wars. Uh, first things first, because... It's newest in my mind. Picard is now, season one of Picard is now over. Um, Scott, what did you think? Because when we did the episode, I think there was only like two episodes of Picard on. So now, like that that, it's, yeah. now that's wrapped up, what do you think of season one of Picard? Uh, you know, I don't really know. There's 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 aspects of it that I'm like, okay, I can see. But there's a lot of it that I I didn't care for. I would agree. It, it just seemed like lazy writing, which I think is happening more and more with Trek. Apparently, yeah. Um, first of all, I I kind of wish they would give us something that's not universe-ending events that that these people have to deal with. You know, because mm -hmm. in in seven seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation. There was only one galactic threat that they had. To we deal don't with. solve the problem; the world ends, kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. And, and that was that was the one Borg attack. You know, at Wolf Three Five Nine, it was yeah. the best of both worlds, one and two. Seven mm -hmm. seasons. That's the only one that was that big. 
everything else was pretty straightforward. Um, DS9 and Voyager uh, had no galaxy reality ending events. And then in Discovery Season 2 and now Picard Season 1, we have two, you know, reality ending events that, that they had to had to thwart. Uh, it's yeah. almost like they don't understand how to build up stakes, so they jump right to the entire known universe will end if you don't fix this problem in the first season. Yeah. And then, you know, I, can I do spoilers here? Are we doing spoilers on this? Um, yeah. Sure. So, the whole thing of putting Picard into an artificial body, that was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. That, they could have that was a have our cake and eat it too kind of thing. For for three reasons. Number one, they, they, they did it to uh, um, take care of his aromatic syndrome, which is a secondary plot point from a, a Next Generation uh, episode. Uh, actually, from the finale, uh, where he develops aromatic syndrome in, uh, in a future timeline, um, thanks to Q meddling. Um, and it's hinted at because, because at the end of that episode, they, you know, Crusher scans him and she's like, yes, you do have a genetic brain defect. Could it lead to aromatic syndrome? Possibly. Do I know if it will for sure? No, I don't. Uh, wait, wait. So they literally could have ignored that entire plot point. Yes. Because that plot point was shoehorned into Picard. Yep. Yep. It, 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 it did nothing for the story. It had no payoff. They talk about it in the first episode when his medic buddy comes to clear him. Yeah, and then, and, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't mention it again until like the last two episodes. Exactly. When all yeah. of a sudden now it's like a big deal. Where the fuck is this coming from? I mean, if you're going to use his aromatic syndrome as a major plot point, then he should have been suffering from it and dealing with it from the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. Through the whole season. But you can't do that because that entire plot point has already been used in the future timeline in all good things because everybody thinks it's his aromatic syndrome and there's no actual, you know, thing to be done. They all think he's just, you know, making it up, not making it up, but they all think he's hallucinating it because of his disease. So you can't use that because it's already been fucking done. And literally you could have just ignored it completely. Didn't need to be there. So, So you've got this whole thing of putting him into an artificial body, you know, and, and now he, that he's in this, artificial slash real body um you know you're going through the whole hey we transferred his consciousness to a to a body and he's completely human congratulations you just like um uh trivialized everything about the the character of 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 commander data completely even further even further than that uh and this is something um i was watching uh while i'm on the uh, shameless plugging of other things um uh, one of my my internet nerd heroes dan merle he used to be with screen junkies now launches on youtube channel but he did a review of picard and, and he brought this up and i hadn't really thought about the greater ramifications first of all i'm with you i hate that fucking ending um and I hate that I just dropped the F-bomb because I hate how much this show unnecessarily drops the F-bomb in a Star Trek show. It never feels natural. It always feels it, it like does. a 13-year-old trying to act yeah. like a badass. It feels forced very much, yes. Anyway, uh, I hate that whole ending because it was literally, we want to kill Picard, but we don't. Exactly. He's going to make this giant grandstand, uh, make my death meaningful, go out a martyr, I'm going to die for this cause. 
great big heroic ending and then 20 seconds later hey he's, he's not uh, we fooled you uh but so that alone i was like well that's that's stupid that's yes. just stupid be ballsy and commit to the death of the character and make it a one season show or shut the fuck up and there i said i did it again um <laughs> but greater ramifications and this is something i hadn't thought of they just broke death in star trek yes they did we can literally save your memories in your consciousness and just insert them into a randomly grown grown or biomechanoid whatever it is android body and you can live forever now so congratulations to star trek you now just stole the plot point of altered carbon why am i watching this well not only that but here is something that picard did not bring up to my knowledge nobody that has done a review of it has even mentioned but this is not new none of this is new this has been done in trek before okay yep there is an episode, forgive me because I don't know the episode number, I'm sorry, where Data's mom shows up. I don't know if you've seen that one. Data has a mom? Yes, so it was the wife of Dr. Nooney and Soon. Of course. Yeah. Uh, she was uh, She was, She was. was on, on board the Enterprise because of some, uh, of course they're doing some research thing on some planet, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Data's doing the whole reconnecting with his mom thing and everything. Uh they are in data and her are in some, they're in underground tunnels uh, and there's some seismic activity and she falls from a great height. And when data gets down to her, he finds out that she's not dead. She is unconscious and her circuitry has been revealed. She's a soon type Android and nobody knew. And she won't turn back on and they're not entirely certain why. Well, data finds a, a program uh, in her that, that's inhibiting her positronic matrix. And he, um, so he uploads it to the holodeck and it's a recording of an, uh, uh, of a younger Dr. Noonien soon. Uh, and he, he basically says, if you're seeing this recording, then you found out that she's an Android. Uh, and then he, the, the recording says, says something and data replies, he goes, it's me data. And the program changes, and apparently there was a subroutine in it that that had a different interactive profile if it was talking to data. And uh, um, he basically tells him that the 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 real woman um, was sick, and while she was sick, Doctor Sun downloaded all of her memories and consciousness into a positronic brain. But he did not activate that positronic brain until after she passed away. So she died, and then he turned on the android. Mm-hmm. Android just woke up, you know, with all the memories up to that point. Right. And, you know, it had skin tone. She could cry. Uh, she could age. Uh, she would eventually go offline. He programmed a death for her. Because even she didn't know she was an android. Right. Uh, he told her when she, quote unquote, woke up that she she got better. That he was able to find a cure, and uh, if she was scanned by a tricorder, she was equipped with. It wasn't organic; it was a fully inorganic body, but it was okay. it was designed to give off false readings. Uh-huh. So, if scanned, it would not. It would. It wouldn't detect it. So, but but Picard apparently completely ignores the fact that this whole transferring consciousness thing has already been done. Has already been done. 
So, yeah, I think in general, my thoughts on Picard are meh. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, it's not fantastic. It started I I, out and had great yeah, promise. I think I stand by what I sent you, Scott, when I was watching that final episode. Where I was like, this is getting dumb. This is getting stupid. We're jumping the shark multiple times. But multiple times. it is all redeemed in that one glorious shot. <laughs> of gray bearded Riker oh god yeah of whatever the name of the new fancy ship in the, the Starfleet's fleet is um, with the cool new uniforms like nope okay nope done best show ever yep um, when did, does Riker get his series when they did they did well with Riker on that um, I will agree um, I really liked the Riker and Troy episode they did a mm-hmm. very good job with that episode um uh, because yeah, they gave Riker and Troy enough development for them to get probably a far more interesting series. Um, yeah, because I liked it when Picard shows up there and and you know Riker's like, "Are you in some kind of trouble or something?" And he says, "Yeah, there may be somebody after me." And then Riker goes into full Commander Riker Ray mode. Shield. Yep, shields <laughs> <Yep>. up. <laughs> like, really, your house has shields? That's just awesome. Of course it does. It's Riker. <laughs> and. Uh, um, so that was that was very good. Uh, if they had focused more on the whole corruption of Starfleet, the yeah. the, the Romulan infiltration, and not gone it, to this 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 uh, whatever the witches are in the Tempest weird prophecy <laughs> thing, it uh, felt like they were trying to cram probably four or five seasons of plot into a uh, was it eight episode series. I don't know how many episodes it was, and I'd look again. But yeah, like yeah, it it literally every episode they're throwing new giant ideas at you. The whole yeah. concept of reforming the Borg and like all these great cool ideas that could be explored, but yeah. you explore them for a total of maybe an, an episode. episode and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and then, then you're was, on to the next thing. Well, then there was the the, the plot point in like episode one or two or whatever where they were talking about Hugh was talking to uh, what's her name that that these were the only Romulans and the only Romulan ship would have, which had ever been assimilated. And that it, you know, then, then this cube after assimilating those Romulans takes, you know, suffers catastrophic failure. He's hinting at that, that the tall Shi'ar let that, in, that, that ship's entire purpose was to get assimilated to, to take out a cube, but then it never goes anywhere. They, they never explore it. I'm like, are, are we not getting no. back to this, this Probably whole not. thing here? <sighs> what so yeah i mean and and season two of picard i'm not looking forward to right now because in the in the wake of apparently every fanboy jizzing in his pants that patrick stewart is back um um the se- season two of picard has literally turned into nothing but Here's who else we've signed to do cameos. Yeah. The Ford is coming back. Oh, the Doctor's coming back. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg's coming back. Oh, guess who this week is signed on to be in Picard Season 2. Which just gives you the implication that it's just going to be a repeat of Season 1 where we have lots of cool maybe story ideas, but we don't spend more than one episode on each one because now we're off to the next guest cameo. Yeah. 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 yeah I just... uh, cool moments if you're a fan of... of um, Next Generation and Voyager, um, Seven of Nine gets some cool stuff. Again, for like an episode and a half, she gets some cool stuff. Um, 
but we're we're it, it's it's moving too fast. It's got too many other ideas it wants to cram into it. Yeah, um, they 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 threw everything but the kitchen sink into it. But season two will have the kitchen sink, so don't season worry. two will have the kitchen sink. <laughs> and actually, a fr- I made this comment to a friend of mine today because he was he was actually asking me what I thought about Picard, and he brought up the possibility. You know, he floated. He said, if they were going to put him in a body, why wouldn't they put him in a younger body so you could recast? And, and I told him, I was like, you could never recast that role. No. Because, because fans are not in love with Captain Picard. They don't like no. Captain Picard. They like Patrick Stewart. Yes. And Who still it. knows how to deliver an amazing monologue. I will he say does that. beautifully. So there are the, the, the moments where he goes full Picard are awesome. But uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, as yes. a whole, uh, I'd give it a C plus. Hmm. I'm trying to see if I can make a case for a B minus. <laughs> I have to get back with you. <laughs> you get Wolverine on a spaceship. No, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now I'm sorry. Oh, on, crap, that here note, yeah. on that note, the I'll actor, the the, yeah, the, no, 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 no. I mean, it was, he's, he's full on Wolverine in that opening scene. The first mm-hmm. time you see him, he's got the cigar and everything and he's being stitched up. But that actor yeah. is probably one of the best parts of that series because yes. of him p- portraying all those holograms with each different personalities. And they were each individual characters and yes, I applaud were. him, his, his, uh, his performance. Yeah, the scene where they they get them all together to try to figure out what he's hiding. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's got it's got some good moments in it, but the story as a whole needs to be much more uh, focused, or they need to spend some time developing a couple of ideas instead of the half dozen they tried to cram in. I didn't like uh, I didn't like Picard's quote unquote ready room during the series being a holographic representation of his den because apparently they had a cool location they wanted to continue using after he left. Dude. I'm with you, but there's a long-standing tradition of Trek saying, hey, we've got this set over here. Can we reuse that? Because they reuse that, so it's his home, it's his holographic ready room, and then it's the weird uh, limbo dimension thing when he thinks he's dead. They just painted everything gray. Yes. (laughs) They got their money's worth out of that one room. Now, personally, in my opinion, what they should have done if they were going to do the whole death of Picard thing and the the uh, the android blah blah blah, mm-hmm. is they should have killed off Picard in this series, mm-hmm. killed him dead. Mm-hmm. That's where we ended. And then in the next one, you find out that it was the android Picard that died. Right, and then we have to go find the Genesis machine to something something con. <laughs> no, 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 but it something, was, it was you know, it was no, but it was it was just it was, it was a, it was the copy that died, and Picard is still out there somewhere. And <laughs> so it's the Clone Saga. Gotcha. Exactly. Awesome, yes. Jason. Any thoughts on Picard, or did we just ruin it for you? No, I'm uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, (laughs) jumping universes then so we also just this week uh because it was just recently may the fourth uh happy belated may the fourth be with you i don't talk religion much on here but i'm a jedi so i get into it sometimes (laughs) uh with may the fourth we had the final i think it's for real this time final end of star wars the clone wars uh dave filoni writing his, what I'm going to call, magnum opus final four-episode arc with Ahsoka and Maul and Rex and uh, putting a a bow on the entire thing that is the Clone Wars TV series. Um, 
literally tying the episode directly into events from episode three from a slightly skewed you know like just off camera this was happening uh kind of thing uh scott what did you think of clone wars well actually in all honesty i just watched the last episode today okay because it it dropped on tuesday yes they dropped it early Yeah. yeah they dropped it early and i didn't know that that's her and so uh, I was I was at work and I was browsing stuff on my phone. And I'm like, what can I watch in the background? And I got to look at it. I'm like, I don't remember this. What, what do I remember? I thought I'd watch them all. And then I, that's when I figured it out. Yeah. And so I, I watched it. it early. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, by God, that, that last shot, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, for a cartoon? Yeah. That was a hell of a shot. Never has there been a better case for Give Filoni Star Wars. Yep. Uh, then the last 30 seconds of this episode. I never thought an empty helmet would make me get misty-eyed, but damn if it didn't. Oh, it was great. Uh, especially when um, you go back and re-watch those four episodes as essentially like a mini-movie. Yep. And the first time we see those helmets presented to us, and then the last time we see those helmets presented to us, it's like, holy shit, dude. Um, um, it did retcon a little bit of the Ahsoka novel. Which I kind of felt like it was going to inevitably, but but not too much, because the the only thing it really retconned from the Ahsoka novel is that uh, uh, at the beginning of the novel she's actually fighting Maul on Mandalore when uh, Order sixty six occurs. So just a little bit of a time yeah. frame issue. Um, uh, and there was something else that got a little bit of retcon with with this, but Filoni didn't but, write the novel, did he? No, no. He yeah, see, not. then it doesn't count. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much control <laughs> he had over. Well, over apparently the... he got to do some of the reshoots of Maul for uh, Solo. Yes. Because the initial ones contradicted some stuff, so they let them go back and redo it. So I, I think he's got more sway over certain characters, at least, than we think he does. And yeah, I mean, and of course we know that Filoni is uh, uh, Filoni and uh, uh, Favreau. Favreau, yeah, thank you. Are you know two peas in a pod when it mm-hmm. comes to this stuff? The Star Bros. Yes, the Star Bros. But no, yeah, I I was I was very happy with that whole that whole thing because I'm like, wait, no, now now I got to know how does how does Rex get from here to what happens in uh, mm-hmm. when he shows up in rebels, rebels how, how yeah. does that happen uh, i i was expecting the other troopers that were with him in rebels to show up in this mm-hmm. and have their their chips removed that was the other thing that got retconned a bit because in in rebels rex says uh that he'd already had his chip removed when order 66 happened and so you get a little bit of a discontinuity there but but not much uh yeah um but he was, he, he was fighting it. He was fighting it. Yeah. He didn't yes, he it. was, which is great. Uh, that last shot was apparently something Filoni had been thinking on for years. Uh, and I think it is perhaps the perfect final shot to go out on. So I don't want to spoil stuff, but. So yes, good, please don't. But man. When that Doctor Strange portal opened and the whole MCU as cartoons came pouring out (laughs) into Clone Wars, I was like, what? And then Darkwing Duck showed up. Uh, It hadn't have been for Gizmo Duck. (laughs) Uh, Blue was there with his plane and it was like, what? 
it was a whole gu- Disney Sunday afternoon. The gummy bears were bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut. I love it. Uh, no, it's great. If you haven't watched it, definitely go watch it. Even if you haven't seen all of the Clone Wars up till this point, uh, I think it's it's if you know enough, if you know Darth Maul's still alive. Uh, if not, we really spoiled some stuff from a long time ago. Uh, if you know who the hell Ahsoka is, those are I think the two main characters. And then Rex is is I think the, if there's three, Rex is the third main character. Yeah. If you know what happens in Episode Three, you've got enough background to jump into this. The last four episodes and you'll know them because they have a completely different title card um for all four of the last episodes watch them all together it's it's they're meant to be watched that way it's basically like a mini movie uh so it's like like an hour and 20 minutes if you watch all four of them together uh and man it's fantastic it was it was Uh, very well done Uh, and features kind of the return of ray park as as Darth Maul, because they yeah, brought him in to do mocap yeah. for Darth Maul's fight scenes, which was awesome. Yeah. Did have you watched the the YouTube video where they split screen? Yes. The the the, 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 the mocap fight. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was cool as shit. It's it's fantastic. So Star Wars nerding all over the place. There we go. <clears throat> um. So with those things in mind, do we want to? To amend how we feel about the state of Trek or the state of Star Wars. <coughs> what, do you, what do you mean? I think I, I think we'd so. I, I think Star Wars is still in great shape, um, especially even though the movies may not be where everyone wants them to be. Everything on the small screen uh, seems to be firing on all cylinders. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, in my opinion, is is some of the best Star Wars stories we've gotten. Uh, mm-hmm. outside of episodes five and six um um the movies uh, I, I know there was that whole uh I, I don't i don't know what the hell his name is T- takawati or something i don't know what the fuck his name is uh taiko ytd come on now okay uh w- director Wado. of thor ragnarok yeah 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 Wado the what are you doing the no. uh <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, is is has been officially announced that he's doing the next, uh, which Star is cool. Wars but movie. they announced that back in fucking January, so it's don't, been, I don't. know, I know, I know, no, I know. But it's it's finally been confirmed. So okay, yes, that it's was not their a rumor big news, anymore. and I was like, yeah, you yeah. told us that already. <laughs> but, I got really uh, excited back in January when you told us that already. Sorry, um, sorry. You know, uh, you know, and uh, my buddy that was talking to me today about Picard, he also brought this up. He's like, so what do you think about this? And I'm like, I don't really think anything because nothing's been told yet to me about the you know what it is i said i do hope that it has nothing to do with any of the saga stuff that we've seen before it's either completely standalone or in my opinion i think it should be uh uh set during the the high republic i mean if you know if we're going to go high republic for the novels and everything i I wouldn't mind to see high republic in the movie still want the novels to come out so i know what the hell it is oh yeah i mean i know but i don't um we gotta yeah. wait till fucking August for that for those novels, damn it! Which seems like a total misfire. Uh, it would have been a perfect in May. Would have been a perfect time to put that out. Hey, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the Taika Waititi movie is we're, we're looking at three to four years before we even know what's going on with that because he's exactly. got so many other projects lined up. He's still he's doing uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which hasn't even started shooting yet. He's attached as a producer to the live action Akira movie, and I think there's at least one other project. In addition to being a producer on the show, what we do in the shadows, based on the movie he directed, uh, he's a really busy guy. 
So, yes, I'm excited he's doing a Star Wars project. I have no idea what that Star Wars project is, and we're not going to know for a while what the hell that Star Wars project is because uh, they hired someone else to come in and start writing it because he's that busy. So this this other person, I didn't write down their name, um, they'll be doing, I'm assuming, a first draft, which will go through Taika. He'll revise it, and then we might get a script approved. Uh, but even then, we're looking at three to six months before that script is you know announced of, hey, this is the title of the movie. Like It's going to be a while. Uh, and there's still release dates for 2022, 2024, and 2026 that are holdovers for when uh, um, Benioff and Weiss were going to do a new trilogy. That's not happening anymore, but they haven't changed those release dates at all. So, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, as far as movies go for Star Wars, I have no idea what the hell's going on. I'm not sure Lucasfilm knows what the hell's going on. All I know uh, is, in Filoni, we trust. Yes, uh, but meanwhile, the cartoons are being are awesome. Mandalorian is awesome. Season two has already they've already said it. it uh, uh, COVID nineteen will not delay season two at all. It's already pretty much in the can, and they're working on posts, so it will still hit in October, uh, which is awesome. They announced a couple of the new directors: uh, Peyton Reed, who did Ant Man and the Wasp one and two or Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, sorry. Uh, and Robert Rodriguez, who you know from Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, some other movies I can't think of the name of. Uh, Dust Till Dawn, never heard of it. Um, <laughs> El Mariachi Trilogy, never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> he, he's directing an episode. Uh, and I think some of the... I know some of the directors from season one are coming back. So Mandalorian seems to be in good shape. Um, may or may not give us the first uh, Ahsoka live action appearance because they're still playing coy about that. But yeah, uh, I feel better about Star Wars than I do about Star Trek because I feel like Star Trek still doesn't know what the hell it wants to be right now. And other than I'm sure Picard will get a second season because everyone. Oh, loves yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, but everything else they've announced, the Section 31 and the Pike series, and now apparently they're looking at doing a spinoff series for Seven of Nine. Yeah. I'll believe all those when they happen. First of all, get rid of Section 31. Just drop that shit. No one cares. Uh, no one gives two shits. I mean, unless you bring um, whatever the name is, Barry Sadler back, you need to do something with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, Pike is what your fans are clamoring for. It's what your fans want. Don't give them an overarching. You know, we'll give them maybe an overarching story, but don't don't give them a world-ending story. Just let them yeah. be Trek. Adventures you know? on a starship with Captain Pike. Yeah, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can go full throwback '60s uh, Star Trek with the Enterprise and Spock, and then not matter because it's not the OG crew we know. So you can still do new fun things with it. But I I agree. All right, so we're thirty minutes on the topic that I said would take just a few minutes. So we're gonna <laughs> hey, move on. you broached trek with me. Yeah, I did. I did. I should have known better. It's okay. We're gonna be an extra extra fun size. No, not fun size. Uh, extra king size episode uh, this week. We're gonna move on to our next topic. But let us know in the comments what did you think about Picard and Clone Wars? How do you feel about the state of those respective franchises? Yada yada yada. All right, enough uh, enough nerd talk. Let's get into the numbers, guys. The rest of the show is all going to be about fights. And the first fight we're going to talk about is the unexpected fight between Universal Studios and AMC Theaters. Yay! And and uh, 
it's not even so much about those two fighting. It's more about what this fight is going to signal for the future of movies as we know it. Uh, so just to recap, if you're unfamiliar with what the hell I'm talking about, uh, last week, uh, Universal, the head of Universal, uh, Donna Langley, uh, made a statement about how, how they're very happy with how, I can't believe I'm talking about this sh- movie on this show, the performance of Trolls World Tour, which was released <laughs> on premium video on demand. If you don't know what the hell that means, it means video on demand that you spend more money on, hence premium video on demand. Uh, Trolls was in theaters for, I think, like two weeks before Corona hit, and they had to pull it. So uh, Universal, in an effort to kind of recruit something from this movie, released Trolls World Tour on premium video on demand. It was $20, $19.99, to rent Trolls World Tour for a 48-hour time period. Lots of other studios did the same thing. Birds of Prey went to uh, video on demand. Bloodshot went to Video One Demand, Emma, I'm probably forgetting a few, but a lot of studios were doing this, and nobody was particularly mad at them because under the circumstances, they're trying to you know salvage these movies from being giant bombs. We get it, because there's literally no audience to deliver them to because no one can go to the theater. Cool, fine. No one's upset. In the wake of that, uh, because Trolls World Tour ended up making $100 million on Video On Demand, the biggest digital debut ever to this point. Um, so the head of Universal made some comments about uh, we're, we're happy with the success of that. And going forward, we're looking at releasing our films on both venues. Now, what triggered AMC's uh, catfight response was the implication that Universal was looking to, in the future, release their movies on both premium video on demand and in theaters at the same time. So AMC shot back and said, we're taking our toys and going home. Uh, if that's how you're going to play things, then we're not going to show any Universal movie in any AMC theater nationwide. <coughs> and a lot of people at the time were like, well, what does that mean? AMC is about to go bankrupt. That doesn't mean anything. They're shooting themselves in the foot. And yeah, on one hand, they're kind of right. However, when you dig a little deeper, it paints a different picture. And that's what we're here to talk about. Um, Premium video on demand, streaming versus theaters, and what the hell is going on in the world today. So, uh, first, before we dive too deep in, I should ask, what side is everybody on right now? Are you with Universal? Are you with AMC? Are you in the middle? Where are you standing? I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. In all of this, because I love the experience of going to a movie theater but I also love the convenience of being able to stream what I want at home. Right. And so, I mean, I really am in the middle. I can see both sides of it, and I don't know if I agree with one more than the other. I think there are things they can do to work it out um, and come to some sort of mutually beneficial agreement for both parties. Mm -hmm. But... For me right now, I'm just in the middle of this. I'd like to see where this does lead. So the big sticking point is the way things work now, there's a a, uh, a window of a time where movies are exclusively shown in movie theaters. And that is t- uh, typically um, from the time a movie comes out in the theater 90 days before its release on physical media and I think it averages 75 days before it's released on digital 
within that window of time, most movies in theaters have made all the money they're going to make in theaters, um, excluding stuff like, you know, Avengers Endgame or like Titanic back in the day. That was like number one for six months. Um, some movies have legs and stick around, do very well for a very long time. Most movies, after they've been out for three months, they're pretty much done. So that's when you jump to the home market where you can, you know, the people who didn't get out to the theater to see it, now we got your back. Um, and that's where this becomes a sticking point is now that premium video on demand, the technology is there to do it. Now that at this moment, there's definitely a market for it because we can't go to the theaters. Um, and the bigger thing is, uh, when you, as, as, as a studio, when you release your movie in theaters, do you get about 50% of the box office cut? And that's different for every movie and every, um, studio, depending on licensing deals and all that kind of shit, but, uh, or not licensing, but distribution deals, things like that. But a pro- about 50% versus video on demand where universal gets to keep 80% of the money they made from trolls. Um, they get to keep 80% versus 50%. So while it didn't make as much, they get to keep more of that. So that's where the real sticking point comes in here is violating that exclusivity window of you can only see the movie in theaters. You, know, you hear it all the time when like a trailer or a TV ad or something is only in theaters. Watch Trolls World Tour. Um, <laughs> that's the big sticking point here. Because if they, if they do away with that, if they re- start releasing movies, at home and in theaters, same day and date, uh, theaters are fucked. And I'm not using the F-bomb lightly in that sense. Uh, I know enough people who are, for whatever reason, um, they live too far away from the theater, they've got kids, they don't have the time. But, you know, how many people were freaking out when um, Endgame came out and it was three hours long? And people were like, oh my god, what I I gotta, gotta wear a diaper to watch Endgame. Oh no, I can't drink anything for two days before I go see Endgame. I I'll have to go to the bathroom. How many of those people would have been like, oh, I can just pay an extra like five bucks uh, and rent it and watch it at home and pause it? Yeah, surely, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. But so here's where this is yeah. where I I kind of disagree with that sentiment. Okay, there are some films that you need to experience in theaters. But there are some films that you can experience not in theaters. So this is where I, like I was coming up with ideas of how they could strike a deal. If you're going to release something big, like a star Wars movie or a Marvel movie, a DC, something that a lot of people are going to go see then there should be some exclusive rights to the theater to get that income. But how many movies get released released to theaters that are out for two weeks and you didn't even realize it was out? Right. Uh... So what I mean, so what I'm saying is like the experience of, I know people were complaining about the three hour runtime of Endgame. Hmm. But those people still went to go see it to experience Endgame in theaters. And I'm with you, but how many of those people, if they had the option to sit at home, would have done that? We live in an age when, and we're of a certain age, Jay, me and you are on the same page. If we had the option, hey, do you want to sit on your couch and watch this or go to a theater? We're going to go to a theater because there's that whole experience of the giant screen uh, the the surround sound, your chair, that darkened room where there's that like 
common agreement that you're all going to shut the fuck up and watch this movie because that's what you're there to do. You're there to watch this movie. You're not tempted by the dogs making noise or your phone's right there and someone sent you a text. Let me read it real quick. Like you're there to watch the movie and experience it. We're there. Me and you, same page. We're there. But how many other people are like, oh, yeah, I can watch any game on my phone right now. I, like I, that, that's the age we live in where people just don't give a shit about how content is presented to them. It's not even a movie, Jason. It's content now. Uh, how it's presented to them. It's all about convenience. Uh, and and look, dude, look at Netflix and Blockbuster, man. It was more convenient for you to rent a movie via Netflix than to go to a store and rent one in video stores or a, or a fucking dinosaur now. Sure. So you can do the same thing. And I like, I don't want this to happen. I don't. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't want this to happen. A world with no movie theaters is my dystopia. Um, it's, it's my, the world is over uh, scenario. Uh, but if, if movies are released day and date in theaters and on home video or home uh, video on demand at home, whatever it's called, uh, there are going to be nerds like us who go see it in the theater. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot more people who just rent it at home because it's more convenient because you get it for 48 hours and you can pause it or rewind it and go back. Or I can watch it a couple times in 48 hours. And it's about the same price as going to the movies. Uh, you know, so I, I side fully with AMC and uh, I believe Cinemark also kind of made, uh, didn't outright say, but also kind of said to AMC, yeah, we're kind of with you guys on this one. Um, that exclusivity window needs to be a thing. Uh, it, it, and I think the, the, the end game agreement here is maybe adjusting that exclusivity window. Um. If you, because if you if you can narrow the window at least mm-hmm. to say, because what is it? Would you say seventy five or thirty? So days? so right so right now and again, this isn't like set in stone, but this is like an average um, seventy five days in theaters before it comes to digital, and then ninety days uh, in theaters before it goes to physical release. Right. So. Um. And if you if you crunch numbers and look at it, which is what I did because I got nerdy with it, um, so maybe thirty days. Um, if you look at a movie that's been in theaters four weeks, I'm not saying they've made all their money, but they've made a good chunk of their money in that first four weeks. So if it's four weeks and then it hits on digital, you wouldn't necessarily be cutting the legs out of the theater chain, and they'd still have. You know, companies would still have a, an incentive to put their their uh, m- movies in theaters because that's the other end of this is if I'm Universal and I make 80% off what we do for video on demand but only 50% off of what we do in a the theater, why do I want to put my movie in a the theater? Right. Like, theaters got to come back with, well, this is why. Well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, personally, I'm I'm in the I'm in the camp of uh, Universal on this argument completely. Okay. Um. So Cut and get out. I'm sorry. Say again. <laughs> Turn your mic on and get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, so back when I was, you know, in in you know high school and stuff and running around, uh, the the rental companies, the rental places, Blockbuster and such, they were they were kind of in their heyday. 
Um, You're gonna have to explain what those are to some of our listeners. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, video home release. I, I still remember, and I'm gonna date myself here. I, I remember when ET came out for home purchase on VHS, and it was a big deal, and it wasn't cheap. Like like ET when it first came out to purchase, it was like sixty dollars to 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 buy that movie. Um, uh, can, can you can you hear me? Can you read me? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't it was um it wasn't it wasn't a thing. It, it, you had movies that went to theaters, and then you had an exclusivity you know time in theaters before it was available for rent. Uh, and I want to say it was ninety days on that, three months or something like that. But then you also had an exclusivity of like six months that it was available for rent before it could be sold in stores for purchase. And this was happening in the late eighties, you know, going into the early nineties and that exclusivity window has gone away now completely because, well, first of all, we don't have rentals anymore, but we do have video on demand. And now after the exclusivity window of theaters is done and it's, it's, it comes out available for purchase the same day it's available for video on demand. Um, so that has already changed from back in, in, in its operation day. So I, I think we're just looking at another shift here because, you know, like you said, or like uh, uh, Obi John said, um, Universal has now proven that we don't need theaters. There well, hold on the, now. now <laughs> hang on. In my opinion. No, no, no. <clears throat> That's the uh, point I wanted to get to, though. Yes, is is that they could they they have released this, you know, straight to video on demand. It it was a success for them, and they're keeping more, a higher percentage of the quote unquote rental ticket fee, whatever you want to call it, than if they did it to theaters. Uh, and uh, okay, I got cats killing each other again back here. Um, so, um. But I'm personally, like I said, I'm in, I'm in the camp of Universal. It's their product, and right now the theaters are basically just saying, "Hey, you gotta let us have it for a while because it's the only way we can make money." Well, tough. It's not your product. Guess what? We live in a free market society. If we find a better way to distribute our product that doesn't include this middleman, we're not obliged to keep you afloat. We've got other avenues to get our content out to the public. And I'm going to jump in right there. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> because no, no, no. So that that is that is that is the argument, and that is what everyone has has been saying. However, if you actually crunch the numbers, hmm. it's not in the Universal's best interest. Um, and this is something I was looking into today uh, to be like, well, you know, why is Universal if they can make money just with uh, video on demand? Why do they even care about theaters? So I I looked at the next closest thing I could think of to compare this to, and that is the release of so Trolls World Tour is the second movie in the Trolls cinematic universe. Uh, Trolls <laughs> One made three hundred and forty six million dollars worldwide in theaters, with another seventy million in DVD and Blu Ray sales. So the one hundred million dollar video on demand that Trolls World Tour has made is nothing to laugh at, but that is still a fraction 
of what this movie could have made had coronavirus not closed all the theaters and done away with the usual traditional uh, release method of the movies out in theaters for 90 days and then it comes out on digital and then it comes out on physical. Um, but not, and I, this is not this is not a fluke. Most movies still make a lot more money being released theatrically and then rolling out to digital and video. Well, let me ask you this. So, of, yeah. Well, so so those numbers. Um, is is the video on demand and the streaming available, and or as popular in the the the, the Asian markets as it is here? It does does. What I'm saying is, did they lose the Asian markets not having it in theaters, or is it still available with yes. streaming in Asia? No, the video on demand is only in, I believe, uh, U.S. and Canada right now because of the different negotiations you have to make for streaming services. Yeah, so, so streaming services are just like theaters with distribution deals. Yeah, so it's not a straight up comparison um, because so if you looked at if you looked at the just the theatrical release and money making of the first trolls for the American market, the American theaters only. How does that compare? 126 million domestic for the first Trolls movie. And what about the second Trolls movie with the streaming earning? Uh, the second movie is only at 100 million dollars on streaming. I thought, and that is that is under movie. ideal circumstances when you have a little captive audience with nothing else to watch and nowhere else to go. Now that's true. That is something else to think about. Uh, and that's the point I really want yeah. people to think about is right yeah. now. Yeah. Video on demand is doing great right now because no one can go anywhere and there's a lack of new stuff to watch coming out. Like that's why, you know, Tiger King was such a huge deal is because it hit when no one else had anything else to watch because the movies weren't coming out. New TV shows were, were, you know, nothing new was coming out. So anything new was a big hit. And a movie like Trolls, your big market is going to be parents who are watching it because their kids want to go see it. So, again, prime uh, example of, like, you could not get better circumstances of it's a movie kids are going to want to watch. They can't leave the house. Mom and dad are going crazy. Fine, we'll rent Trolls. Here, here, watch Trolls. And you know kids, they're going to want to watch it a million damn times. So even under the best possible circumstances, on demand as if it would have gone through the regular theatrical release and then video on demand and then physical those, media. Those are completely valid points. It's, it's a it it's almost like we've we've hit a perfect storm for you know stuff like that to to do well right now. But mm-hmm. going forward, I I still now don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not saying theaters should go away. I'm not thinking, saying theaters are going to go away because it's an industry and, and you know, it's a viable industry and it's a big industry. They're not going to go away. I just don't like the, the exclusivity window with window. I don't know what a window is besides mace, but um, that I don't like. I, I, I feel like the, the, the theaters are, you know, saying they're admitting, Hey, you know, we, we need this just for ourselves for a while. Because we can't, well, the, we can't, you know, and nothing else on the planet works that way that I'm aware of. No, the the point I'm trying to make is it's not just AMC needs Universal. It's not because you know, if, if they cut out Universal, they're cutting out stuff like Fast Nine. <clears throat> um, 
think the new Bond movie is being released through Universal. There's a bunch of big releases coming out. Well, I would say this year, but you know when they do come out, like mm. Universal still accounts for I think like twelve or to fifteen percent of all the movies made in the world right now of, mm. of you know the market share. You know they're not Disney's twenty five to thirty percent, but they're still a major uh, motion picture company. Um, so everyone's been saying AMC is going to shoot themselves in the foot. And the only point I'm trying to make here is Universal needs theatrical release, at least right now, just as much as AMC does. Because AMC is the largest theater uh, owner in the world. In the world. Yeah. <clears throat> and if Universal is not being shown at any of those theaters, it's going to hit their bottom line. Yeah. So it's in their best interest to work something out in this case. It's not yeah. all just on Universal's side. AMC's got a, a dog in the, or a, but, a card to play. But I think if you if you got rid of the exclusivity and allowed theatrical releases at the same time as streaming releases and let people choose which way they want to do it, there's still going to be people going to theaters. There's going to be people that want to watch it at home. But I think it would force an industry evolution that theaters would have to evolve uh, to offer more um, amenities or options to draw people in. Uh, and you, that's would... already the world we live in, dude. Yes, I know. And it, it, it's getting there, but it could be more. It's what's going to happen. If, if that happens and I am firmly against, uh, if you have figured out, but now I'm firmly against putting movies on video on demand the same day they come out in theaters. I hate that idea. I'm also the guy who says, fuck Netflix movies. They should not be nominated for Academy Awards. Uh, you stick it in, a, in the theater for a week so you can meet the bare minimum demand, and then you want an Academy Award. No, fuck you. You're a streaming service. You're HBO. Shut up. Take your Emmy. Sorry. Soapbox over. Uh, I, I, I am firmly <laughs> against that idea because that will be the beginning of the end of theaters. Theaters will be, there's uh, like drive-ins now, where there's one around your area, kind of. Uh, but no one really, you know, it's, it's, it'll be the closest thing I could think of would be like the Alamo draft house, which is technically a chain. I think there's like 10 or 12 of them or like uh, a movie tavern where they're technically a chain. Cause there's like 10 of them, but they're not really that like prevalent. It'll be like that. There'll be one somewhere around you and that'll be an option of going to the theater maybe, but it's not going to be the local Cineplex you see now. They're going to be few and far between. They're going to be, the last holdout of an old thing that it's, 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 it's all downhill from there. It's, it's from, from that point, we're 15, 20 years away from theaters going the way of blockbuster. And I do not want to live in that world. So whatever they've got, whatever, if it's, they want to adjust the exclusivity window um, or whatever route they want to take with this. Um, but take a good hard look uh, uh studios and theaters and, and work this shit out because you need each other uh it's not n neither one of you holds all the keys here you both need each other um because video on demand might might at some point be a viable option to replace theaters i don't think it's there yet uh but if you jump the gun on this too early and piss off the theater chains then i'm gonna have no option but to watch universal movies on my couch because there's gonna be no theater carrying it but so Get but your shit together. I, I have to jump in here and say mm -hmm. that AMC would be doing themselves a disservice. I understand you're 
you, this is this is kind of like playing poker. Okay. Right now they're good they're, analogy. They're trying to call each other's bluff because AMC would be shooting themselves in the foot by not releasing some of Universal's movies in their theaters. Mm-hmm. They they are losing a huge piece of the pie if they don't want to put those movies in theaters. So, for example, I I don't know this for sure because I don't watch this series of movies, but it are Fast and Furious Universal. Yes. So, Fast 9 yep. is for for better or worse is going to be a huge financial success because it's a Fast and Furious movie and because the generation that watches those movies doesn't understand movies. They just want... <laughs> that's a whole different rant, but save it. I like it. Okay, so anyway, that's my job. Save, save it. I like it. So what what I'm saying is that AMC is going to miss out on a huge piece of the pie if they would not release Fast and Furious Nine to their theaters. So what I'm thinking is right now it's a like I said, you're playing poker and you're just waiting for somebody to show their tell. Um, and it, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot as AMC if you don't release something big like Fast 9. And Universal, you're shooting yourself in the foot by saying to AMC, we're not going to release it. But, I mean, this is why I'm in the middle and I say, yes, work something out so that if you want to reduce the window to, like you said, four weeks, which makes sense, because in four weeks, if that movie hasn't run its course, then it's got to be something epic, like Endgame or a Star Wars movie. But I don't see well, Fast 9 making immense buttloads of money after the fourth week. So then you go ahead and say, all right, here's your video on demand. Well, whichever way you, you think about it, we're we're in the middle of a a, a, a shift in yeah. how things are done. Mm-hmm. That's just that's there's no way around it. Uh, personally, uh, I would have no problems with uh, theaters going the way of drive-ins because um, I absolutely hate a crowded theater, which is why I do not go see movies anymore on opening night, especially the popular ones. I am not fighting those crowds. Screw that. I'm going to stay home asleep in my nice little <clears> bed. Um, and here I thought yeah. I was the cranky old man on this topic. Oh, no, no. I'm cranky old man. <laughs> the The only thing I like going to theaters for is the people I go to theaters with. Like, you know, if I go to see a movie with you, go to see a movie with my wife, something like that, with for, with friends, as a friend experience. That, that is the only thing that I really like going to theater for. Um, I I hate, and I know, I, I know why it's this way, I hate the concession prices because I don't like paying almost double what I paid for my ticket in food to have something to, to eat. I understand they get a lot of their revenue from that and, 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 and I get why, but once again, it's just, it's overpriced for me. So I don't enjoy that experience. Um, so I'm completely fine with, with the system evolving to where the theater experience is not the, uh, penultimate movie experience, I guess you would call it. Um, 
Granted, I will say that, you know, not seeing some movies on the big screen would be at a loss. You know, not being able to see them up there on that that huge screen, but. Well, I I think sadly, um, we're the last generation that gives a shit. Because kids, and by kids, I mean, like, teenagers now grew up being able to watch movies on a tablet or their phone or their parents' phone. Uh, there's, there's a, a, literally, I remember, um, when I started, when I was, when I was in, uh, that other department, I won't talk about for a while. I, mm. for the first time, a long time, cause I was at the liquor store for like almost a decade and I only worked with people who were at least 21, uh, and then transferred to the, uh, this other department. And suddenly I was surrounded by a whole bunch of teenagers. Um, that's a bit of a culture shock for me, but I remember yeah. when the game was coming out and talking to him about it. Cause I was kind of like the, the great equalizer. We could all talk Marvel. Um, they had no problems. Like, oh yeah, I'll just download it when it comes out. Like, it, it yeah. you know, like a day. It's still from China. We'll put it up. I'll watch it on my phone. And I'm like, what? Like, the, to me, that that does not compute. Uh, but like, they don't give a shit. Whatever. It, again, it, it's not that whole cinema experience we grew up with. And that I, I know you guys are kind of the same boat of like, you know, when you were a kid, it was the thing to go see a movie. Like it was a Saturday and your parents were taking you and it was a big deal. Uh, like your, your day was planned around that. And it was the experience of going and getting your candy and your popcorn and sitting down in the giant room and the giant screen. And, and again, it's still the only time you can watch a movie where like everyone's there to watch this movie. We're not there to play on our phones. We're not hanging out. We're not doing eight other things in the background. And, you know, it, it's, it's, you're there to watch the movie. Uh, but the generation now, they don't care. They're, they're not they're not of that same mentality. So no matter how you slice this particular issue, the whole uh, exclusivity window and when it goes on streaming and when it's on you know, in theaters and all that kind of stuff, the generational shift is what's going to kill theaters. Well, I'll, I'll do you one better. Okay. Because uh, you're talking about, you know, people who are 17, 18, 19 years old now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, one of my best friends, his son is, is currently he's four or five. And so you're going to see another shift in another 15 years uh, because his son does not like to watch entire movies. Um, Cause he's, you know, he's been introducing him to star Wars since he was, you know, a baby and everything, of course. And he loves star Wars, but he's never actually sat down and watched a movie and he doesn't want to. Because he's used to taking his contents in small clip bites. He only likes to watch scenes. So anywhere from five to maybe ten minutes. After that, his attention span's gone. It's the YouTube generation. They're used to internet content in ten-minute chunks, yeah. Yes. So another 15 years when his generation gets to, you know, between uh, 17 and 20 years old, you're going to see yet another shift of how content is, is, is produced and, and what they like and what they will do. Cause they're mm-hmm. going to be like, wait, you, you want me to download a, a three hour movie? Uh, I'm, I'm good. What, what's the story about? Okay. Are there any good scenes? Okay. I'll watch those. That That's, that's what's going to mm-hmm. be. What's you know? scary is being on the front line of these shifts as a teacher, because you see it every day. Every day you're in school. So the same thing. But you're exactly... You get inundated with a lot of this stuff being a teacher. Yeah. So you... I mean, you're seeing it now. The kids... 
that I had in the last two years that were freshmen, sophomores, they're already in that, hey, this is, you know, I can only take this for like 10, 15 minutes and then I'm out. Um, I know a lot of people who are older have downloaded it, but for example, TikTok. If you're familiar with TikTok. I watch TikTok. I like TikTok. Right. And it's, it's that is what's going on. So I have no problem with it. Like I don't have a problem with TikTok, but I also don't have a problem with sitting down and watching a three and a half hour epic. Well, Uh, yeah, I I think I'm in a, I'm I'm in a weird place because, you know, when it comes to TikTok, my wife actually turned me on to it because she kept, you know, trying to send me all kinds of links and stuff. And so finally I said, fine, whatever. And I found there's some stuff on there I can watch because there's, there's people who do uh, arts and crafts things, uh, glass blowing, uh, you know, leatherworking videos, stuff like that, fabricating. In fact, there was this one one person that I follow and uh, they literally just made a whole uh, uh, a series of videos. They built a full one-to-one scale out of metal, full metal and steel IG-88. Uh, and I thought that was just cool as shit. And hang on, I got cat straight. Cat disagrees. Yeah, I know. Um, but a lot of times when I'm watching this content, it stops right before the part I really want to see, which is the end. And I'm like, "But what? Why did you stop there? Because they were only they're only given just a couple of minutes of, of video time." Um, but by the same token, I switch over to YouTube. And I watch YouTube, and I'm very upset with YouTube because I'm like, if you don't get to the point of what the hell you're showing me in the first two minutes, then I'm done. If you're talking about, hey, today we're going to talk about for three minutes, I don't give a shit. Get to the fucking point. Don't tell me to like and subscribe before you even told me a goddamn thing. But sorry, this right. is another rant. And that's also, I mean, uh, if you're listening at home, if you could take a minute to like and subscribe to our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we've delivered content. It's okay. We're not taking the first five minutes of our show to tell them to like and subscribe uh, to something well, that they haven't even experienced yet. Well, that's, I mean, I feel like we've sort of veered onto a tangent, but that's. We- that's what hey, this show is. <laughs> we're more on topic than we usually <laughs> veer off yeah. into, so. But what I was going to say is, like, to me, TikTok, YouTube, all those things, it's the same idea. You can find content and material that is beneficial and helpful, but the kids in today's society want to find the material and content that is not beneficial. It's just solely entertaining. So while all these things do have a benefit, and I can see the benefit, like what you said, of finding, like, other working or artists, these kids are watching dance videos on TikTok. Yeah, what's the new? They they are, and I don't I don't get that. But then again, I'm I'm old. Well, you've right. hit you've hit on something right there, Jay, uh, and Scott's brought up too. But and this is this is not my idea. That uh, this is something I heard again. Uh, shameless plug for a YouTuber, uh, Dan Merle from the screen junkies has his own YouTube channel. Now check it out. Cool guy. Lots of insightful stuff, but he hates the word content. And when I first heard that, I was like, what? Blow it out your ass. But then he told me, he sort of went on to explain why he hates the word content. And you think about it. Uh, it perfectly describes exactly what you guys are talking about. We're used to entertainment being delivered in 90 minutes, two hours. Uh, you know, we, when you're watching a movie, you're there for the experience, you know, 
it's it's a movie you gotta you know i make the joke you put the quarter in you gotta let the whole song play we're used to that uh even you know so many people bitched about movies in the 80s and 90s because suddenly the pace of those movies got super fast and you had all the um you know all these music video directors coming into film and suddenly you had all these kind of quick cuts and fast-paced stuff and whereas like you you look at alien into a modern audience that movie is glacially slow because that it's a very deliberately paced movie if that movie were made nowadays you'd get underwater which is like the same exact plot but cut to like 82 minutes or whatever it is uh because we're just cutting all the filler out and you know that nothing takes you know anyway pacing has changed and it's it's taken an even another leap now because people don't care about a story they want content Right. No matter what you're it's it's not you're not making a movie you're not telling a story you're just producing content doesn't matter what it is as long as it's under 10 minutes uh people will watch it it's content um that's the generation now grown up with is not story not uh film content well you know, you talk about pacing. I mean, you know, prior to the '80s and stuff, the average runtime for movies was around two hours or so. Of course, you had epics that went longer and stuff. But then, during the late '80s and the '90s, it seemed like you know the standard became 90 minutes for a movie, mm-hmm. and now we're back to standard two to two and a half hours. So, uh, but I'm sure that's going to change again. Yeah. Well, yeah, my yeah. my final thought. AMC, Universal, figure it out. Stop trying to bluff each other. Let's get a deal made so that everybody can benefit from this situation, both theaters and studios. And I say, Universal, you make your own product. You put it out. You don't need anybody else. You stick it to the man. Thanks, Ron Swanson. (laughs) And I say, if Universal was going to do that, they should have opened their own theater chain years ago. Because now they need AMC, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be the mom here. I'm gonna go full Nancy Peacock. You two knock it off. You need each other. You love each other. Get over it. Figure it out. But mom, he won't quit. No, Scott. No, it's mine, mom. It's mine. To your room right now. You think about what you said because your words have consequences. And scene. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, what we're saying is, yeah, guys, work your shit out because we all still want to go see these movies in theaters. Um, some of us more more than others. I'm all in on the theater experience. I've got my uh, uh, membership card, and well, it's not a card; it's a digital thing. It's an app on my phone. Um, uh, I've got my bucket and my cup that I bring every time I go. Uh, I was perfectly fine. Uh, Cinemark to continue paying you eight ninety nine a month, even though your theater is closed, because that gives me a free ticket every month that rolls over month to month. And trust me, as soon as you open back up, uh, all the whatever three or four credits I had built up before you open, I will blow through them in a week. Uh, I am jonesing to go to a theater that bad right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, please work it out. <sighs> all right. We're going to do something different, kids. We are going to go ahead and we're going to end the episode there because we've hit our mark uh, for time. I don't want this to be a three-hour epic. Um, So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, 
Let us know what you think about Star Trek and Star Wars. Let us know how you feel about AMC versus Universal. Do you think we're old crotchety men and theaters are the way of the past and we should just get over it? Um, or are you with us and, and I'll never watch a movie on my phone? Let us know where we stand. Uh, Scott, let me yes. hear that sweet clicking noise one more time. What's that clicking noise? And if you can tell us what that is, we'll give you a free 30-day code for Shudder. Uh, I feel weird plugging a digital streaming service now at the end of that rant. <laughs> Commander Scott, thanks for joining us. The Doc, thank you for taking time out to be here. Apparently he is dead. Okay. No, no, I'm here. Uh, no, okay, okay. okay. Uh, and thank you for listening. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.